0: The best podcasts start with words. Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El co-author of Action: The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lyonwood, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today we're going to talk about Lego Batman. Hello. Yeah, Lego Batman.
1: Um, <laughs> you, you, you confused me. Why? I don't know. Okay, admin. Admin, thank you. I need a prompt. Yeah. At the Story Toolkit is how you can find us on Twitter. And the Story Toolkit.wordpress.com is where you can find all our episodes. And you can email us directly. Also, we're on iTunes. So if you've got iTunes and you listen to your podcast through that, subscribe. Give us a review. We will take one stars and above. (laughs) There's a guy at uh, one of the people
0: that works at the gym. I told him at the podcast. And... uh, I, he said, can I be on it? I'm like, well, no, not really. Because I'm going to give you a one star. And as a joke, you know, I started laughing. I went, please do that. That would be really funny. If you could put one star, they wouldn't let me on the podcast. And he started laughing. He's like, you sure? That's okay. I'm like, that will be brilliant. Just do it. So I don't know if that review's up there. I need to check. It's amazing. I'm so proud. So if we have a one star review, you know. But we will literally accept one star and
1: a we yeah we. We have no dignity. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, okay.
0: So we're going to talk about Lego Batman, which was lots of fun. Um, uh, and what we're going to talk about really is we mentioned this with Logan. Um, which is this nature of plot and character, and how the two. Are really just two sides of the same coin, and that plot determines character, and character determines plot, and that uh, it's not a question of character-driven versus plot-driven, because really that's nonsense. (laughs) It just is. So, um, and so, how what you you know you're trying to do is you're trying to make your plot define you know the way you get originality and fight cliche is by making sure that the plot and character are actually properly linked as opposed to just generic events happening to generic characters
1: mm. or unique
0: characters and unique events but they have no reason why they're
1: happening
0: <laughs> it's like wow that's really specific but it doesn't have anything to do with the character wow that's a really specific character there's nothing to do with the story
1: give us a brief synopsis for lego batman so Let's keep this one brief. yeah so i'm
0: again presuming you've all seen lego batman Um, So Lego Batman basically is a story where Batman is Batman, he's the hero of Gotham, everyone loves Batman, um, and uh, the Joker, uh, Lego Joker, uh, does this huge plan to get Batman, and Batman beats him. But as he beats him, Joker's like, you know, admit I'm your number one bad guy, I'm your arch nemesis, and like you need me, and Batman's like, I don't need anyone like that and
1: that really breaks Joker's heart you feel really sad oh, for Joker that was a look on Joker's face poor
0: Joker it's like man <laughs> tells him like he doesn't need him and he doesn't really care
1: about him and it's
0: like oh, oh, oh like that. you feel so bad for the Joker so the Joker gets put in prison and he decides to uh, th- th- he finds out that the Phantom Zone has all these absolutely preposterously powerful villains in there from different like franchises like Sauron from lord of the rings is in there and stuff so he works out a way voldemort voldemort's there and he works out how to go to the phantom zone so he gets sent to the phantom zone so he can break everyone out of the phantom zone and you know take over gotham and this forces batman uh batman who's convinced he can do everything by himself realizes he can't save gotham by himself he needs robin and alfred and batgirl who all help him and um and uh, he finally admits that you know he, he's better when he's got people to care about than when he doesn't. And there's this great ending where um, in order to save the city as yes, it's crumbling, because remember it's made of Lego, so it's about to fall into the bin and f- fall apart. To save the city, they have to use abs uh, <laughs> by linking together and holding each other up by their abs. It's, there's a whole running gag with his abs, and that's how they bridge the city together by the use of, good core strength it's very silly <laughs> it's a very silly film
1: Michael Sarah, by the way is Robin yes is just fantastic yeah
0: and Ray Fiennes is Alfred yeah <laughs> just, wow okay
1: it's very funny it's very cute what is there anything in the I like Alfred has been power cast in recent incarnations I love the Jeremy Irons Alfred yeah. so much I think Kane was great though
0: Yes, he was. And yet somehow I prefer Irons. I just love Jeremy Irons. There's a part of me that loves how the Affleck Batman supporting cast is terrifying. Yeah. It's J.K. Simmons, Jeremy Irons. It's like... They're not playing the villains. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, well, get, we'll get yeah, to that, that was actually. that
1: was a, a wonderfully. Um, was there anything so in I the? Was... I I feel I've forgotten most of the plot there. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You've seen it. That's the bits. Yeah, we we don't necessarily need it at this stage. No. We can dip back in if we need to. Yeah. Um, okay, so what makes Batman Batman?
0: Yeah. So, Lego Batman is a very preposterous, very silly version of Batman. Far sillier than the Adam West Batman, uh, because this one is very. That was a very high silly bar. It was, but it wasn't. It it took itself kind of seriously in a way. Like, what, the West inter- one, yeah. Internally, it was very silly, but internally <laughs>
1: dehydrating the world's
0: leaders. Yeah, but internally, like Batman was totally deadpan. Okay, Batman's deadpan. Like this is this is happening, Robin. <laughs> You know, this is really happening, old chum. All that kind of stuff. Whereas Lego Batman, they're making jokes about Batman films. You know? Yeah. It's very metatextual. It's very, like, this is really silly and absurd in in all all the wonderful ways that this could be. And so the the thing about it is, though, but what makes it Batman? I mean, he's made a Lego. He's this really ridiculous character. What makes him Batman? It's like, well, it's not... he's, He's almost like the the franchise of Batman right he's very cool very important everyone loves him but he's a jerk Batman normally isn't this kind of a jerk he's not always he's not arrogant and cocky uh he's Lego Batman right Lego Batman is kind of inept and kind of silly and really really jerky douchey kind of guy but in this he's actually also he's also amazing he's really competent he is the Batman. Yeah. Right? Because uh, this Lego Batman is, as far as I can tell, he is the one that we saw in the Lego movie. Yeah. And what they had fun with with the Lego Batman was that he talked the talk, but wasn't really that great. Okay. Everyone expected him to be great because he's Batman, but he's kind of a jerk, right? And that made him the Bellamy, which is a love triangle term. Uh, normally in mov- Hollywood movies, the. You'd have a love triangle between the guy, the girl, and then the guy that the girl was with, but you knew she wouldn't end up with, right? Uh, you, knew, you knew she'd jilt him and go for the other guy, right? That was the romantic comedy love triangle. And the guy who played the guy who got jilted was often ra- uh, was a guy called uh, Ralph Bellamy, I think his name was. And so it's called, that role is called the Bellamy. <laughs> People just refer to it as the Bellamy. So he was the Bellamy in the Lego movie, right? He was the jerk who sh- the girl was with but will eventually leave to be with the main character. Right? So he was the Bellamy. So he had to have certain traits like that. So when, he- when they do the Lego Batman film... They took all those traits and made it so that it was more like, I don't need anyone, I don't want anyone. And the city and the, his villains and all those casts, like, the love was kind of spread about instead of it being romantic. It was sort of spread throughout the whole thing. And so it became about uh, how Batman, the, the, the character of Batman, which is the guy who saves his city, right? He's this theatrical crime fighter. That's the big thing about Batman, right? He's a theatrical crime fighter. He he fights crime, he saves his city. It's about Gotham City, him saving Gotham City, and he does it dressed as a bat because it's theatrical and it scares bad guys. And he's got this sort of or uh, you know, this sort of personality, this sort of awe around him because he's Batman, right? That's the sort of key. That's why he's Batman from the very beginning. Why does he dress as a bat to intimidate criminals? So. Batman to be Batman has to be larger than life, theatrical, crime fighter, saving um, saving the city, right? And so the joke with this Batman is he's all those things. But at the same time, what makes him different is that uh, the city kind of may or may not need him, right? And that he's in love. He, he does it for himself. He doesn't do it for anyone else, right? He's not actually heroic. He looks like a hero but he's actually not. So that's mm. the big difference, right? So he acts like he looks and seems like he's Batman, but deep down he's he's just he's not a nice guy. Okay, so he's a theatrical crime fighter, but it's all about showing off.
1: Did you want to talk about the other I like, I like I off-mic you explained the other Batman 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 Batman. Batman. <laughs> um I can decide whether to call them Batman's or Batman. Well
0: that is an interesting interesting grammar, grammar discussion right there but uh, I don't care
1: okay <laughs> Batman's Batman's uh, Tell us about the other Batmans <laughs> Yeah so
0: you know what makes Batman Batman as I pointed out he's like he's always theatr he's always this theatrical crime fighter and as I pointed out Lego Batman is a showoff okay? And he's kind of playing, which makes sense. He's Lego, right? The other Batman are all slightly different. So Adam West is very campy, very childish, very innocent, very innocent. Mm. The Lego Batman isn't innocent. The Lego Batman is very self-aware, but the Adam West Batman is not self-aware. He doesn't think what he's doing is ridiculous or campy. He takes it very earnestly and seriously. He's always got a good moral for the kids. But he's doing all this preposterous, silly stuff, right? So the Adam West Batman is very sort of, like, very um, safe, child-friendly. But he's still very theatrical, right? He's still really theatrical. Everything's really garishly colored. And he's this crime fighter that everyone loves, okay? Then you've got the Michael Keaton Batman, which was very gothic and uh, twisted in that way. And so... uh, and then you've got the Christian Bale Batman, which was very gritty and realistic, and tried to get down into what would drive a man to dress up like a bat and be really serious and all you that said kind of stuff.
1: Crime focused It was very
0: cr- uh, crime focused. It, it? it was much more focused on sort of the noir crime aspects of mm. it. Very much about the practicalities of it, how you justice. would be Batman and all about justice and all that stuff. And what happens is each of these Batman has to generate a different Joker. They can't all just face, the Joker has to change with them too. But then the Joker has to be the Joker every time, but he's going to be changed differently depending on how the tone and the world is built. So the Lego Joker is a guy desperate for Batman's attention, right? Batman's a narcissist. So the Lego Joker is the one who's trying to get him to pay attention to himself, wants equal footing, wants to be recognized as the arch nemesis, and Lego Batman's like, I'm better than you. And so there's like a whole, you know, like actually the Joker's kind of the wronged party in a way he's treated really badly by Batman. And all that is like a love story between the two of them. And he's the abused partner in the relationship. Like the point, you just feel bad for this Joker, right? And it makes sense because... This is a story where, because they're made of Lego, and because it's so preposterous and and silly, it's hard to generate a sense of danger. You can't have the Joker try to kill Batman and all that stuff. So it has to be about something other than just life and death. So it's about their relationship. And how, essentially, the two of them are playing at being hero and villain. And how Batman doesn't respect the Joker, even though the Joker is necessary for him. It's
1: funny, actually, how the the inclusion of... The love story between Batman and yeah. Joker um, actually makes the action part of it kind of hit home harder for me. Yeah, because when the world is break- when Gotham's breaking apart, yeah, you do think, oh my god, yeah, oh these 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 guys are gonna die. Yeah, and well, also because it makes the stakes a bit more real. Mm. Because
0: even if they die or they don't die, the the way they're feeling about each other is genuine. Yeah. Right. That's actually real, even if they they can't possibly die. Like that's real. They could lose that, yeah. you know. And so, um, and so Lego Joker works like that. But he's still the Joker, and what the Joker is is the Joker is this clown themed villain. So he's even more theatrical than Batman, right? Who can't be scared by Batman. He isn't intimidated by Batman. I mean, Batman dresses up as a bat, right? He's never intimidated by him, and he is able to outwit Batman the Joker is never a villain who's good at fighting Batman physically. He's always the guy who's able to outwit the Batman in some way. Okay. And so this Joker, of course, does all those things. He's more theatrical. I mean, he's the one who brings Voldemort and Sauron into the story Mm -hmm. along with Godzilla. Right. He, uh, he outwits Batman, right. He tricks him throughout the story and all that stuff. So, the, the the lego joker is still joker but he's added this element of s- silliness and playfulness and self-awareness and the fact that he loves batman you know in a in a, in, in a different way to how the other jokers mm. have always appreciated batman they've always sort of the joker has always had this element of sort of like mutual respect for batman a bit like the riddler does yeah but uh, this one is now full on love <laughs> it's, just, it's just adorable um, So the Adam West Batman Fights a Joker Who the actor refused to shave his moustache So his moustache is painted white Have you noticed this? i would never noticed this Take a look at Cesar Romero's Joker He's got a moustache Full moustache right there But it's just got white makeup on it So you can't really see it <laughs> But you refused to shave it Really? Yeah, it's totally true
1: uh it's amazing <laughs> it's got the... i'm sorry i have to this go look for terribly it. unprofessional i have to google this you right have to now. google <laughs> it's true guys look it up <laughs> guys and gals of the
0: podcast go ahead and look up uh, the cesar Romero joker mustache it's
1: it's right there in every episode I just typed in Adam West Joker uh, because I didn't want to try and spell Cesar Romero yeah Um, but the first moustache no it wasn't it was uh, something I was reminded of the other day um, Batman and the Joker surfing oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, okay images yeah Yeah. it's great that I'm looking up this is is... oh my god (laughs) (laughs) for a an audio medium, yeah. I know this is exactly what the listeners want to hear right now, yeah. Okay, pause the podcast. No, no, we don't know. No. Well, you, you can talk about this after we're finished. We're not, this is, this Go is, look at these pictures. <laughs> I urge you to do it now. Holy smokes, <laughs> full on mustache! So, this is the Joker Adam West fights, <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay,
0: so the Adam West Joker. Is a guy with, an, with a mustache
1: painted white? okay? but he does really serious things. Is that one of his dimensions? Yeah, he has a mustache, but, but he doesn't have a mustache. As theatrical,
0: as theatrical as he is, and outwitting Batman and all that stuff. Uh, because it's the Adam West Batman, he does really crazy things like dehydrating all the world leaders and all this <laughs> nonsense, right? But um, but he's 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 still the Joker, and he does all these weird sort of schemes and stuff but he does it seriously like he's trying to kill people he's trying to do things he just never does because it's a kids show right Yeah. so you have to have he he can't kill he can't just straight up shoot people he has to do something weird and playful the Cesar Romero Joker Yeah. he can't just kill somebody he can't use poison gas he can't do anything like that so because that the Batman he's facing can't deal with those things this is a Batman who's got bat shark repellent right he can't go I'll just shoot that guy He's got to do something else, right? Because then if he shot him, you would just be like, whoa, that's just unfair. (laughs) It's just horrible. It would be really mean. So he dehydrates the world leaders. What he's doing is serious but silly, okay? The Michael Keaton Batman and the the Jack Nicholson Joker, on the other hand, are all sort of gothic where you take inward psychology and turn it into physical gargoyles and things like that, right? Which is what, uh, what's his name? Tim Burton loved to do and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So you've got this really gothic Gotham City with giant oppressive gargoyles. Everything's like uh, really sort of um, over the top in that way. And so you've got Jack Nicholson playing the Joker, and he's dancing to Prince throughout the film. And fundamentally, Joker creates Batman, and Batman creates Joker, and the two of them are just in in inextricably linked. And so it's a very personal in that way and so you've got this big grand gothic world but it's there to reflect the psychoses and natures of the main characters which is right yeah so that's a different joker and that joker of course is someone who's going to poison people and when he poisons them it for it makes their smiles and so they all look horrible and grotesque right you I mean he goes around creating gargoyles right mm. he freezes people in place with a big joker smile right? Batman looks like a gargoyle. He looks like the gargoyles of Gotham, right? Mm. So there's this whole thing of just this very gothic gargoyle so the villain has a gargoyle type uh, way of doing things. And he himself has that you know scarred face and everything. Then you get the Christian Bale Heath Ledger Joker. And the Christian Bale Joker is uh, sorry, the Christian Bale Batman is very much uh, all about the theatricality He's got gadgets, but he's not like um, a crazy superpower fighter with all these weird and wonderful things. It's very down to earth, very realistic in that sense, you know, very almost lacking in imagination. And it's all about how Batman can do the things that he can do. How can Batman glide? How can Batman survive? Yeah, Before, I
1: was just thinking, it's almost like they've taken the the uh, all the other weird and wacky Batman stuff, and be like, "What? Well, how would this actually work in real life?"
0: Yeah how how does this all work? And so then you go okay, well, how does the Joker work in this world? And so the Joker is a serial killer. He he hasn't got bleached white face. He just puts paint on his face. He's got a bit of a scar across his mouth, but not really. It's infected as well. It doesn't look like it's a stylized scar, mm. smile like Jack Nicholson's. It's very sort of just like, it's just injury almost. It's almost unnoticeable in the scene where he isn't wearing makeup and dressed up as a policeman. You don't notice that he's really got a scar going on at all. Mm. Um, uh, the makeup that he has keeps running... And it's not really there... He And um, and he's... And so the whole thing with him is... It's like he does a crime spree... Right? He takes over the mob... It's all about the politics of the mob... And how he wins the mob... And then when he points out like... I'm not interested in these things... He's just a full-blown sort of terrorist... In that sense... Without, real in, without any real agenda... And so Batman is sort of... Constantly unable to work out... How to deal with this guy... Because he's... You know as Michael Caine says... Maybe this is someone you don't understand, right? Some men aren't looking for anything logical. They can't be bought. So you've got this really super logical Batman and a very illogical Joker, right? And so the joke, this Joker is, you know, very down to earth, very natural, but he still wears the purple suit and he wears this. So how do they do it? It's like it's his form of intimidation. You know, he's, he doesn't feel like he's dressed up as a clown. No. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like he's a clown. It never occurred to me he was a clown. They, I mean, actually. they call him that. We we hire the clown, right? And he's got the Joker card and all that stuff, but he's just really, really sort of. He's not He's not crazy. He's just in that way. He's just um, really sort of uh, just evil in all mm. the good ways that you would want a villain to be. So he's he's very grounded too. Even though he's the Joker, he's still very grounded as the Joker. Um, and then you've got the um, the Batman animated series Batman, Kevin Conroy versus Mark Hamill. Right? And Kevin Conroy's Batman is sort of an archetypal Batman. He's... He, he kind of gets into funny scrapes like Adam West, but um, other times he's very gothic, and other times he's very down-to-earth. That Batman uh, ran the gamut he was kind of archetypal and he played in a lot of... Because he had, he had a wonderful... He played with a whole rogues gallery. and The so, a-
1: animated series is quite highly regarded, isn't it? Yeah,
0: he's amazing. Um, so he, the, the animated series was, wasn't so much playful, but it was sort of wonderful. It was just happy to go anywhere and do things. And so the Joker that he went up against, though, was the archetypal sort of Joker. He was somewhat gentlemanly. Um, and again, because it was a cartoon, there were certain things that were the nature of it, which was he couldn't really go around killing people in the same way. Mm. They couldn't do guns and stuff. So he had things like he had the laughing fish and the poison gas and things like He did do things like that, but he had to be a bit more sanitized. And so, um, but he, he was at times scary, the Mark Hamill Joker. Um, and so the Kevin Conroy Batman, which was this sort of like, You know, he was archetypal in that sense, right? Uh, His Mark Hamill Joker was very archetypal. Um, And what's interesting about all these different Jokers in Batman, even if I'm not describing them the best possible way, is you notice how none of them would work against the other one. Like, the Mark Hamill Joker would not be great against Christian Bale. Right? It just wouldn't. The Mark Hamill Joker could maybe work against the Michael Keaton Batman, but the Michael Keaton Batman was a bit crazier mm. than the Kevin Con- For example, the Kevin Conroy Batman was really, really righteous. He wouldn't kill. Michael Keaton's Batman killed a lot of people. Did he? Yes. Loads of people. The the Christian Bale Batman was all about the moral dilemma of it. You see, Michael Keaton didn't have a moral dilemma. He just killed people, right? Just straight up murdered them, right? Mm. Christian Bale's Batman was like, I shouldn't kill people. And they were like, well, hold on. If you're going to fight crime, you kind of got to kill somebody. And he's like, no, they're all tuckered out. It's right? like my one rule. My one rule. Right? So they, they were going on like, how can he fight crime if he can't kill people and whatever, right? Yeah. Whereas Kevin Conroy's Batman was, he doesn't kill. He just doesn't do it. And so... Because he doesn't kill and they never really brought up, they never went down that ethical dilemma of like, when is it right to kill the bad guy? You know, they never did that. They couldn't have a Joker that was so, so un- unredeemable that you, you you had, you know what I mean? They couldn't do that. The Heath Ledger Joker, the whole thing was like, you know, he's pushing Batman to kill him, but he can't kill him because if he does, then the Joker wins right mm. so we don't want to see the joker killed by batman in a way but it's kind of central to the thing right and harvey 2 Face takes over that uh, michael keaton's batman he kills up the, straight up kills the joker at the end of the film like he kills all his henchmen and he kills up the joker right he just does it mm. okay kevin conroy's batman uh because of that uh the joker has to be somewhat can't, he can't push batman into that situation much like the cesar romero joker can't do it either right? So Cesar Romero's Joker's running around doing things that are so cartoonishly silly. Killing him it would be like, whoa! He's just dehydrating the world leaders. Like, you can't kill a guy for that, right? Uh, And the Kevin Conroy Batman fought a Joker who, one episode, Joker would have his own episodes. There's an episode called Joker's Millions where the Joker... A crime boss dies and leaves Joker with his vast fortune. And Joker's like, woohoo! And he's like spending all the money. And then, but it's like, it was really weird because the crime boss hated Joker. So why did he leave him all his money? And it turns out he left him a lot of money and the rest of the money is all fake. And now the IRS is after the Joker. And so <laughs> the Joker basically can't admit he's been fooled, but at the same time, he can't possibly pay back the money. So, what's going to happen? <laughs> so, like, he has to do a heist and, like, steal the money, but he can't, he can't, it can't be his normal heists where it's all about him and he puts on, like, I'm the Joker. It's like he can't do it. He has to hide. You know, he has to do it secretly. It's like he's going to wear a mask of balaclava, and, like, with guns. He go, hey, give me the money and all that stuff. It's like, oh. And it's just kind of, you feel bad for the Joker and that he's in this situation. It's kind of cute, right? Similarly with um, Zach Galifianakis,
1: Lego Joker. Yeah, I was going to push us back onto that because yeah. the 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 relationship is exactly that. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to exist outside. Yeah, you, you that
0: can you imagine like uh, there is a scene with Heath Ledger who goes, "You complete me," right? <laughs> but can you imagine he goes like, "You know, I love you, Batman." It's like, <laughs> what's going on? Just be like, what are you? What are you? It, just, it would just be really, really bizarre. Plus, no one in Gotham really likes Batman that much. Right. Whereas in the Lego Batman, Gotham loves him. Yeah. You see? So, so, you know, Keaton's Gotham was very Gothic. And by the way, this is also true in the comics. Um, Dick Sprang, his Joker was the one that the Adam West Joker is very similar to. But then Alan Moore came along and did the killing joke, which kind of made Joker very, very dark because he just straight up shoots and paralyzes Batgirl right without even knowing she's Batgirl you know like this is a remorseless killer who's trying to drive people crazy and all that stuff and then um and then you've got recently the Scott Snyder Joker who uh Scott Snyder turned Batman towards horror much more towards horror oh, not wow. gothic horror which is what say uh Neil Adams did with Chuck Dixon so they fought things like Man Bat and stuff yeah uh, for Dracula at one point. Um, but this is more proper full-on horror to the point where uh, Joker was walking around where his face had been carved off by another villain and then he got his face back and he's walking around with his face sort of plastered to his face and it was yeah. just kind of like, meh. But it's not the Batman-Joker thing I'm interested in, but his Batman was much more dealing with sort of the horror's of things so his joker had to become more horrific as a result mm. and it also went bizarrely fantastical because it involved zombies and so then the joker had to become immortal and that was a, i think a big mistake because um it destroyed the relationship between them but um that they were trying to go for but regardless uh because you see the problem is you can't have batman uh wrestle with his conscience about killing the joker if the joker is immortal yeah and then to get back from that here's what's interesting to get back from that, uh, Batman at some point sits down in a crossover or something. He sits down in a big chair that gives him omniscience. And he asks the chair, yeah, this has happened. He goes, what's the identity of the Joker? I'm
1: surprised by nothing anymore Yeah, since the best friends gang conversation. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, he's sitting on the chair of omniscience, Metron's chair. And he says, "You know, because he's the world's greatest detective. So nothing says I'm a detective more than sitting in a chair that with all the answers and asking him yeah. a question. And he goes, what's the Joker's real identity? And the chair responds with, which one? And the idea being that there's three Jokers. And which are the three Jokers? Well, there's the Bill Finger Dick Sprang Joker. There's the Alan Moore Killing Joke, killing joke Joker. And then there's the Scott Snyder Joker. So actually, in DC continuity... There's three Jokers. However, I think they may have retconned that because it, no one cared or something. I don't know. It's DC. It's comics. Yeah. What can you do? But the, but the, what's actually interesting about it is they're trying to resolve how you can have one Batman all this time, but all these weird versions of the Joker. Yeah. So Grant Morrison tried to explain it in continuity by saying Joker has a sort of super insanity. That means he's constantly changing his psyche. And Scott Snyder's idea was there's more than one Joker, which, you know, I actually kind of like that idea. Um, but regardless, different Jokers, different Batman beget different Jokers, right? Mm. So all these Jokers and all these Batman are all intertwined. Batmans. Batmans are all, and all these Jokerins are all sort of intertwined, right? And they're all different in certain ways. And so what makes a really good Batman uh, Joker story, as it were, is... That they work really well together. That this Batman begets this Joker. It's not just generic. It's not just the generic Joker. Because everyone who writes Batman is going to have something of a different take on him. And so as a result, their Joker or any villain that they write is going to have a different take. Similarly, different villains can be created for different Batman. So Scott Snyder, for example, invented a brilliant villain, one of the best villains for Batman I've thought, that I've, I've read about, which was the Court of Owls. And the idea being that this Batman, who's f- facing this facing, as I pointed out, all these horror tropes, okay, mm-hmm. what does he discover? He discovers that there is a secret conspiracy cabal inside Gotham City, like a secret um, uh, society, called the Court of Owls and owls are of course are a natural predator of the bat and so there's this court of owls that has been around in gotham for a century plaguing the wayne family and so you had these things where like batman's being haunted in his house he's being haunted in gotham by owls and i'm like that is i mean there's all this zombie stuff i didn't like but that basic premise of the court of owls i'm like. Mr. Snyder, sir, you have invented a brilliant Batman villain. Like that is a superb Batman villain. But that came about from that. Now if you wanted similarly, uh Chuck Dixon invented Bane. Right? Now Bane doesn't work against Adam West.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? It just doesn't work. The steroid junkie like guy who breaks Batman does not work against that. You can't break Adam West's
1: back. Like that's just a thing you can't do. It's funny actually I'd not considered that that through the years that certain batman villain uh, sorry certain uh, yeah certain batman villains were invented yeah at certain points so right. you will get certain versions of batman that wouldn't have right. that character in their rogues gallery
0: All the original batman villains are the guys in suits with silly names the joker the riddler yeah right all those guys and um they were like Dick Tracy villains. Dick Tracy has a great rogues gallery, by the way. But um, he, they were like Dick Tracy villains. And then things started to change. You know, They wanted to go a bit more sci-fi, a bit more fantasy, a bit more horror and gothic. And then you've got Man Bat, right? Yeah. And then uh, they go a bit more pulp. And so now you've got Rachel Ghoul. right? Mm. Then they want to go a bit darker. So now you've got Bane. Uh, and then they wanted to go horror. Uh, in fact, they went even darker and invented the Black Glove who is a villain whose entire point is he tries he drives batman to commit suicide. That's his end game. Drive and it works. It's like it's a, it's actually pretty cool. Not for Adam West. Not for Adam West, right? But, you know, for a for a batman hinging on his insanity, yeah, that works.
1: Yeah.
0: And that was Grant Morrison's great idea. Um and then um Scott Snyder came up with the Court of Owls who are, who are fantastic, right? And then other villains changed like Mr. Freeze changed. Um and so he used to just be a guy with a cold gun. And then the cartoon said, no, let's make him this tragic figure. And the cartoon had a lot of fun in making the villains tragic, which made a lot of sense because they wanted a Batman who was a bastion of good who didn't go around killing, mm. right? So the villains had to have some sort of tragicness and redeemability to them so that Batman wasn't... You. You. Bat, you the kids didn't want Batman to kill the bad guy, mm. right? And it felt right. And at the same time, it wasn't just pandering to kids, you know, like Joker just gets away with it or whatever. It's like, no, no, it, you know, it, this question's never going to come up. And in fact, you're going to see Batman be a bit more, he's almost a bit more pacifist in a way, the Kevin Conroy Batman. He's got the, such a strong moral principle,
1: he just won't kill. What's interesting to me, though, is that, I mean, you, you, I've always known you're a Batman fan. Yeah. Mm. Um, and this clearly proves it. You've listed um, all but one, which we'll come to in a minute. Yes. Version incarnation of of, of the Batmans, um, but still, I remember. I remember specifically. You came out of the Lego uh, the Lego Batman movie. Mm. I think we were podcasting, and you said, "Have you seen it?" Yeah, I said, "No," and yeah. you said, "I have never seen this Batman Joker relationship before." Yeah.
0: We'd never seen it. Totally, it's totally, totally original, new.
1: In spite of however many different incarnations. Yeah, it's
0: like to- we've never seen it before, and yet it is Batman and Joker. It just yes. it is, but it's the Lego Batman and the Lego Joker. Yeah. that's what's great and about that's it. The like you, it's just like oh, they, they created a specific version of Batman, and there as a result they had to create a specific version of the Joker and create a specific story around that, right? Mm. And that's what made that work. It wasn't just like Lego Batman versus some generic Joker. It was against a very specific Joker, and um, yeah. So we may as well get to the one we haven't mentioned. Yeah, let's go for it. So Ben Affleck, I think, is the best live-action Batman we've ever had, which you've said before, and you're sticking I, to. I'm it. sticking to it, and you know why? Because I rewatched The Dark Knight, and I like it, but Ben Affleck doesn't do a stupid voice, <coughs> <All> right? <laughs> He just doesn't. What I
1: always like about the, the Affleck Batman is that
0: everything but him, him
1: versus the Heath Ledger Joker. Like picture that in your. I, we were saying oh yeah, we, we would never jo- worked yeah. together, but yeah. like Ben so- Affleck would just break it. Yeah,
0: Ben Affleck would break Bane. <laughs> yeah, Ben Affleck would break <coughs> Bane. So the the Ben the Ben Affleck Joker. Uh, sorry, big pardon, The Ben Affleck Batman is so intimidating. He's the scariest Batman we've ever seen. He's absolutely terrifying. Mm. When he fights in the warehouse and you're like, oh, geez, he's just breaking these people into, like, into pieces. People call him the devil. Right, people are terrified of this Batman. You go, wow, this is the most terrifying Batman we've ever seen. He's not crazy or psychotic or any of that stuff. He's just got this incredible force of personality. He's so terrifying and so, you know, just huge and everything. And you just go, wow, what a scary, scary Batman. And that Batman made a lot of sense. They took uh, Jacks, uh, Jack, Zack Snyder, dialed the Batman up to like 11 why because he has to fight Superman and he's going into the Justice League right so he has to be he has to seem like he's capable of taking on Superman so how do you do that you jack up the theatricality the whole thing of like how intimidating he is you make it so that he's so scary to everyone around him so when he fights Superman you think he has a chance Mm. and he's really angry and just this hot, really angry guy he's really broken from his past and all that stuff and so he's fighting up against Superman and then you have that wonderful fight with Doomsday oh, where he's so Superman. outclassed yeah. he has to run away I remember look I, I'm a loser and I spent far too much of my time coming up with story ideas that will never ever be I'm not legally allowed to write you know <laughs> like I, I just talked about Red Dwarf and Doctor Who right so Batman I have in my head how I would do the Justice League and one of the things I always had in my head was Batman does not fight Zod he does not fight Doomsday he can't right he touches them and he dies like he can't do it so when I was watching this and like Doomsday shows up and he just immediately runs, and he can't even afford to get to... I'm just like, that's perfect. And one of the things I loved about Zack Snyder's Man of Steel and Batman and Superman was the power level was consistent. Yeah. And very palpable. Mm. You really felt Doomsday and Superman are actually that powerful. You really felt it. So when Batman reacts that way, you go, wow. Okay. It feels right. It feels consistent and all that stuff. I mean, he could take on Batman, but he had Kryptonite and he was wearing a big suit of armor. And Superman isn't trying to kill him. Doomsday—he knows he has no chance. Yeah. There's no way out of this. He's just dead if he gets anywhere close to him. So he has to run. So Ben Affleck, but the Ben Affleck Batman is tough enough that he can take on Superman. He right? he can take on Doomsday. Right? He will break Bane. Heath Ledger's Joker will not work against the Ben Affleck Batman. The Ben Affleck Batman is also willing to kill if he has to, mm. right? He doesn't actually want to go around killing people. He's not hes not the Michael Keaton Batman, right? Where his first said, I'll just kill everyone. So if I have to, I'll kill you, especially if you're, like you're going to do something crazy, right? So Heath Ledger's Joker up against the Ben Affleck Batman. It's just like, you have to break your one rule. All right. <laughs> it's just like the Heath Ledger Joker would not work, Okay. So, what kind of Joker can go up against Ben Affleck? So I was really excited. Like, what are they going to do? And they cast Jared Leto, and I'm like, okay. And then they put up the pictures, and I'm like, uh, he should not look like P Diddy. I'm just that's just such a mistake. He shouldn't look like a gangster rapper. That and the reason I say he shouldn't look like a gangster rapper is not because gangster rapper Joker is a bad idea necessarily. It's a bad idea for the Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah. The Ben Affleck Batman. Will is not a pretender. He's not like doing the theatricality because he can't back it up. He, his, you know, he dresses like a bat. That's scary, but he's also six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, and will snap you in half. Right? A guy not wearing a shirt with tattoos is trying to intimidate, and it, it will not work. He can't intimidate the Batman that way. The right? only
1: thing we can hope is that the Joker that was seen in Suicide Squad. Um, is only a piece. It's it, Well, whatever piece it is, it wasn't good enough. Um,
0: <laughs> so the, the Jared Leto, as I joked, was a Jared letdown um, because he was just terrible. Uh, he was doing like a Heath Ledger impression and then the people say it was cut and all that stuff. Like, I don't think it was cut badly or anything. I think from the get-go, they made every mistake. They tried to cast Jared they cast Jared Leto because Jared Leto's like Heath Ledger, he's method or whatever, right? So they wanted a guy who'd get really into the method. yeah, so he sent used condoms to people in the cast Bravo. they gave him all the tattoos, all that stuff and like this and I've seen the concept art and it was even worse. really. Yeah, and it's just like you don't understand this. This joker does not work against this Batman because this Batman is so physically intimidating. Joker has never been one for physical intimidation. You need to explain immediately how this Joker has, A, survived all this time against Batman, this Batman, and B, how he's actually a credible threat to him. Mm. And I realised, do you know what? I, I realised a really good fix. You want to hear it? Go for it. Brian Cranston. As Joker? Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cranston. He wears a suit. He, he wears a suit. No, no physical, nothing like that. The reason being, because when Brian Cranston would turn to you and say, "I'm gonna kill Robin," you know he's serious. <laughs> he's he's perhaps the one Joker who doesn't laugh. Like he's that just deadpan, and you look at and the reason I pick Brian Cranston is one Heisenberg, obviously, yeah. but also how. What the, the comedy? Yeah, Malcolm in well. the Middle. Yeah, right. You know he can do the crazy. Right? He can do crazy, but he can subdue it. So that's why I'd go with someone like Brian Cranston or Javier Bardem. Jason, hey Jason, Jason had a great casting choice. Hugo Weaving.
1: Man, that boy loves The Matrix, doesn't he? No,
0: but Hugo Weaving, and <laughs> the thing is, Agent Smith is kind of, he's right. You want to go up against Ben Affleck, who is so larger than life, to have a Joker who's also more larger than life won't work. He's going to get look silly and preposterous, which is what Jared Leto does. You want to downplay it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, Batman's big, tough, I'm Batman, all that stuff. He has a voice modulator, all that stuff. This is a Joker who, like, this is just silly. I'm I'm the Joker, you know? I'm going to, I can just, I'm in charge. And, like, you have that sense of just, like, he's killed a Robin in the backstory or whatever. It's like, yeah, I, I'll just kill people. I don't need to do silly antics. I don't need to laugh. I don't need to do any of that stuff. Like, you just, you take, you you, you go, to, you see, because, like, the, the, the Christian Bale Batman is really down. Like, I'm Bale. You know, I'm Bale. I'm the, I'm the Batman. You guys, everything's super serious and logical. I'm Christian Bale. And so what do they do? Heath Ledger. Well, you know, the whole world's gone crazy. You know, he does all that weird lip movement and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? There's a sort of relationship between them, right? Jared Leto is just generic stock thug stuff with with a bit of clown makeup and like damaged tattoo on his forehead okay and all that do
1: they have plans to
0: give them a movie together i have no idea i have no idea what their plans are their plans are constantly changing cuz dc have just they're they're They've they're gone not,
1: wild card.
0: They're gone wild card. They don't know what they're doing really. I mean, the, the Batman film, they threw out the script. They got a new director in, and they're starting from scratch. With the new Batman? Yeah, and Ben Affleck has been saying like he's really enjoyed doing Justice League, and he's like he, he thinks that they're hitting their stride. Hmm. So uh, hopefully that means he's sticking around because I think he's great. But um, if they can't, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I might be wrong with the. With my ideas of what will make a good Joker for Ben Affleck's Batman, it's possible this Ben Affleck Batman doesn't really have a great Joker because he's just so intimidating. And so maybe you have to come up with a new villain or find other villains in his rogues' gallery. Well, government. this this was but my next, next think, question. Yeah, is
1: that it, it, could could this Batman exist without going up against the Joker? Yeah,
0: totally. Batman doesn't have to fight the Joker.
1: He doesn't need to. He
0: can. He doesn't have to. Like Christian Bale's Batman was fine before he met the Joker. Yeah. Right, he doesn't need to meet the Joker. It's just that the Joker is the most famous one of his villains. But Ben Affleck's Batman, I'd love to see him going up against Bane.
1: Jeez, can you imagine what Bane would look like? That's that's it, you'd have to have
0: this really crazy, like you. you you'd, I think the this Bane could be a lot of fun. Um, actually, maybe. What not. does the
1: Bane have to be crazy or just? Big?
0: No, no, just he has to be really, really tactically brilliant and strong the venom is the most unimportant thing about Bane it's the one thing that you can get rid of and that's not what makes Bane Bane but anyway I don't want to go on about this so the the point being is like the characters the character and plot you see are so intertwined so different Batman required different Jokers who are doing different things to a different Gotham right every person who comes along to do Batman has a slightly different take The actor plays him slightly differently. So, and so as a result, I mean, mean, you know, he's saying, like, does he need the Joker? Do you really think Val Kilmer or George Clooney would have fared better if they were up against the Joker?
1: I'd forgotten about Clooney and Kilmer. Yeah. Wow. In all that talk, I had totally forgotten. Yeah, you'd you'd extracted two Batmans from from the history. Yeah. I watched the Kilmer one a lot. Yeah, Batman Forever was my jam. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, Adam West
0: couldn't go up against Two Face, like oh, he actually couldn't. He wasn't allowed to, because he was too grotesque for kids. Yeah. So they invented another villain, False Face. Huh. Uh, who could change his face.
1: Um. So. It's it, it, you know I'm just yeah. okay. Well, let let let's push this on then. What do we yeah. learn?
0: So the okay. So if this is true for Batman, who's like a two-dimensional character at best, with lots of silly daring do and all that stuff, if it's true that depending on how you decide to do Batman, immediately changes what kind of Joker and what kind of hijinks they get into and all that stuff. Like, all these different Batman versus all these different Joker, and yet they're all Batman and they're all Joker, right? But all these different interpretations, and it's not just a plot thing, it's a tone thing, it's a setting thing. You know, Gotham City in the Christian Bale Batman is Chicago, whereas in Tim Burton's uh, Batman it's this giant gothic castle, right? Right? Uh, in
1: <laughs> my brain, when you said Chicago, I went to the stage show for some reason. I thought, wait
0: a minute, that would be interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, um, um, Batman: The Brave and the Bold, for example, is so globe-trotting and crazy, and uh, it's very Silver age and insane. Um, so you have all these different types of tone, different types of setting, uh, and all these choices mean that. Uh, the basic elements of Batman and Joker have to remain somewhat the same but they get totally uh, specified right that's going to be true of an original character right in an original world right with their own stories and everything like you're sitting writing your character has a certain type of story that they can tell There's a huge amount of spectrum that's available, depending on your tone, depending on the world, and so on. But the nature of your character begets certain types of conflict to express them. And that certain type of conflict is the plot. So all of this, what Lego Batman does, is it shows shows you just, at the same time, not just like the amount of uh, elasticity a character can have, But elasticity is a very good word because at the same time, like it's stretchable, but it's, there's a finite amount you can go. Yeah. You can't just constantly go. So it it was very specific. It was specifically the Lego Batman movie. It it wasn't just Batman, but with Lego. It wasn't just Lego, but with Batman trappings. It was the Lego Batman movie, right? It was specific to Lego Batman. Mm. And so similarly, like the best, uh, the reason the Dark Knight is the best Christopher Nolan Batman film is because it's the Christopher Nolan Batman film right it's it's specifically him right and so that's what makes uh, stories engaging what makes them original what makes you fall in love with them is specific characters and specific events not generic characters and generic events and so whatever character you're writing um, you can just sit there and ask yourself like okay you know, the Batman type thing. You know, what kind of Joker would this Batman require? Right? I mean, this is... I gave you some suggestions about what I would do for Ben Affleck's Batman. Right? Mm. What would you have done? Right? People listening. What would be an interesting Joker to go up against Affleck? Because Jared Leto didn't work. Right? So what would be an interesting Joker for him? And I i went Brian Cranston. Okay? Uh, that kind of vibe. Heisenberg, basically, right? Someone who you feel has earned uh, his status at the head of the crime syndicate, right? Who've, who's so proud, so arrogant, so um, so methodical and so smart. Because remember, joke has a chemistry background too. That, you know, Baby Blue could be very easily Smilex. You know, it's like... Right? So, like, this, this idea of, like, he's just... He, he doesn't need to fight Batman because he's so far above batman do you know what i mean so what would you do so similarly you're writing your own characters and you can ask yourself what well, based on what i've set up you know the setting i've put them in the kind of dimensions i've given them the kind of characters they're encountering what is the kind of story here that i'm telling with all these things what do i have to do to bring this out and specify it to these characters right as opposed to What's the generic conventional thing that would happen? What's the cliche? How do I fight that? You have to go. Okay, hold on. I, I, I mean, you're running a love story, and you write a character who um, is completely narcissistic, for example, right? And you want to write a love story with this character. It's like, what kind of person do they have to meet? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What 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 is the other side of that equation for this narcissist that I've written? Right. And then you have to think like, okay, well, what's the kind of person that this person would fall in love with, and then you generate that new character, right? you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you run, You've come up with a great detective, or well, what, what kind of criminal? Like we pointed out, Columbo has to fight certain types of criminals. He has to deal with certain types. Sherlock has to do. De- see, Sherlock has to go up against criminals that give him clues, right? Columbo has to go up against criminals that are upper class because if they're not upper class if they're not rich that he can't be the bum that they underestimate and so on so it's always that same thing it's like your characters will determine what kind of stories they'll they'll encounter and what kind of stories you're interested in will, will determine what kind of characters you write and Lego Batman's a really good example of that
1: okay yeah I think I got it I don't. But just in case, please say the whole thing again. I'm sorry I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm oh. <that> bad, man. <laughs>